Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to the show. It has been a spectacular weekend and week of getting more and more done around this house, and we've had a few changes. Now, as much as I am a health and nutritional coach, (laughs) and I believe in eating well, I'm eating cherry pie for breakfast. Yes, I am. So when we were away on holidays, I brought fresh organic cherries home from our Okanagan Valley, and the promise was that if I bought the bigger box, uh, I would make my husband a cherry pie, which I have not done, and oh my goodness, I bet I haven't made him a pie in three or four years, probably closer to four. Now in our family, my sister is an amazing baker. Oh my goodness, she just makes the most amazing desserts, and she has a real knack with pastry. Pastry is a bit finicky. I, on the other hand, not so much. (laughs) I can, you know, whip up a decent dessert. Um, My pie tastes amazing, thanks to a recipe on the internet. But my pastry is kind of just okay. But you know what? My husband doesn't care. He's just grateful that there's a pie. But there are days, despite, you know, having discipline and all things in moderation. Do you know what? It's in season right now. I'm looking at that pie and I'm thinking, shake with my vegetables in it or that homemade cherry pie that came out of the oven last night. Well, you know, that's kind of a no-brainer. It really sort of is. It's not something I can do every day. It's not something you should do every day. But those treats, when they arrive, embrace them. Embrace them in life. They bring joy. They bring joy. Now, I, on the other hand, am a fairly decent cook. In fact, one of my skill sets is sort of whipping together something from nothing. I'm not a gourmet cook. I just have an ability to look into an empty fridge and cover it and manage to come up with dinner. I have a quick story for you. There was uh, years ago when I was in my 30s, I guess, yeah. Uh, my son was, you know, the seven, eight, nine age range, and I didn't have a lot of friends with small children. I was 22 when I was married and had Ryan, and on my own by the time I was 25. And my friends really were finishing university, and <clears throat> excuse me, I was starting a business, and they hadn't even started families. So Ryan was sort of, uh, I was sort of the only kid amongst all, a lot of our friends, but I was still young. I still had a very active social and activity life and I mountain bike a lot. Well, Sundays were sort of a neat day because I'd go to church and then my family, my parents would take my son for a couple hours so I could go mountain biking, which was always just really nice because as a single mom, I got that bit of a break and, uh, and was able to, you know, maintain a, a great social life and still have a well a balanced life being a single mom. Well, Everyone came out to my neck of the woods. Now, I live in an area where uh, there's a little bit of mountain biking, but my crew that I used to go with, like there was about a dozen of us that would come and go, would go to the what we call the North Shore. It's our northern mountains, uh, and the mountain biking is exceptional. It's also where our ski hills are, things like that. So we have these spectacular mountains here in British Columbia. Anyways, they came out to my neck of the woods and did something called the watershed. And anyways, they all converge at my place afterwards and everyone's single. I run upstairs, I get everyone's towels, they shower and the next thing they know, an hour later, full spaghetti dinner just gets put on on the table. And these single guys, especially in in our crew, they're kind of looking at me and they're looking at my girlfriends, they're like, how'd she do that? (laughs) 
I'm like, well, unlike the rest of you, I'm not single. And I've been raising a son for almost a decade. So yeah, he needs nourishment. And I, as the mother, am responsible for that. But they just thought it was funny. There was nothing thought out. There was nothing in the fridge. And all of a sudden, an entire, you know, meat, vegetable, and, and pasta dish shows up. So that's just sort of one of my little skill sets. And I've always been able to do it. And I'm grateful for it. It serves me well. But we all have those little things. So I want you to focus on that positive, those little quirks that we have in ourselves. Because today I want to talk about resentment. I know, a little bit of a left to right there. I, want to, I wanted to tell you two little stories about joy and having a treat for breakfast and having little skill sets that you might just really think take for granted, but other people might really truly appreciate. And I have to say, my cooking ability has come in rather handy over the years. It serves me well also in my ability to, uh, to um, host other people. My husband and I are quite social. So these are the things that I, I celebrate about myself and my life. Now, unfortunately, no matter how good things are going in our lives, there are always times, for the most part, that resentment sneaks in. You know, and it's a tricky little beggar, that resentment. They're like devious little devils. They want to tell you that you're justified in feeling this way, but really what they are is energy blocks and they will damage you and your relationships around you. And they take the joy out of things. Now, maybe I could look at this pie sitting on my desk right now because I only half ate it before I started my podcast. And I could think to myself, I resent the fact that I can't eat this for breakfast every day because I would gain a lot of weight and a lot of weight for me would be very bad because I've got a degenerating hip and I've got fibromyalgia and that kind of pressure on my joints would cause me a lot of excruciating pain. So I try and keep myself, you know, fairly well as fit as I can, but I keep myself, my weight down and keep myself healthy and as eat as anti-inflammatory as I can. Now I have a choice because you always have a choice. I can resent that I can't eat that way every day, but that's not how our bodies are intended to operate, is to be eating sugar and sweets and fattening foods and things like that. The cherries are good, I'm getting my vitamin C, no one's getting scurvy today, but you just can't eat that way every day. day. You have to have a little self-discipline. But there's a lot of people that resent that, and I, and I just don't. I don't resent that I can't do this all the time. But other little things in my life, sometimes I do. I'm not gonna lie. We all have these moments. Now, these little resentments, they like to talk. They're like a little voice in your head sometimes. And we all have it. If you're wondering what voice, that's your voice, okay? If you're thinking inside your head, what voice is she talking about? That's the voice I'm talking about. We have very unique and diverse parts of our body, our soul, our, our consciousness, our physical body, our spirit. There's a lot about us energetically that's going on. And I truly believe, because I've done a lot of research now, that we also carry things from the past, unfortunately, right down in our DNA. It's unfortunate that science, you know, is only just catching up to the scripture. The scripture uses things and language that, uh, the Bible, I mean, uses the terms and language about scientific matters that they didn't have the understanding to understand, so God didn't lay it out that way. He lays out things like, the sins of the father will, uh, you know, drop themselves on the son. Well, do you know what? 
I don't believe that's actually... So a lot of people in the Christian community for years, for generations, believed that, you know, bad egg, bad seed. If the father was bad, the child would be bad. That's not, I believe, at all what the Spirit was, the Scripture was talking about. I think they were trying to make us aware that genetically we carry things down through our DNA. And that's sort of been, you know, really well explored in this day and age through energetic work, physical work, medical work, and the fact that, yes... We do carry, like, genetic memories down through our nuclei. Anyways, getting a little technical there. But the bottom line is that these things are all part of our lives. And our little voices and our energy and our spirit and things from our past, whether it's our lives or perhaps the life before, they're always kind of whispering if we're not in control. Uh, before I go further on that, let me just put this out there. An old... Indian, uh, not Indian, native proverb, sorry, we use that term incorrectly in North America, um, a native proverb about two wolves, the good and the bad, the one, you know, and the, or the little angel that sits on both shoulders, you've you know, probably seen it in cartoons, and the son asks the father, you know, which one wins, and he goes, the one you feed. So I think it's very important, I think, I truly believe the scripture is trying to give us a very clear picture that we have all of it inside of us. We're capable of all of it. I think some people are more predisposed in, in other areas than others, but we have the capability. So the question is, what wolf are you feeding? And are you feeding resentment or are you feeling joy? I really and truly just want to have joy, and I am fully having this cherry pie for breakfast, okay? And I will make it up later in the day with some other something else nutritional out of my garden. But today I'm having the cherry pie with ice cream. Now, earlier in the week, we're going through this renovation right now. We are bringing in an exchange student in the end. We, we hummed and hawed, went back and forth, and there were supposed to be three girls coming, and then it got was like, no, no, we don't place that many girls in, in one country, in one house, because they won't learn to speak English. They'll speak their own language. So we're having a young man coming from uh, Brazil, and they, of course, speak Portuguese, and he's arriving on Sunday, so about two weeks earlier than we were expecting any student to arrive. And we're having to accommodate this. The renovation's still going on, taking longer. A lot of stuff going, a lot of money being spent. And you kind of can get in the middle of all that and lose sight of the joy of... Now, I'm a big picture person and I can see the end result. So to me, my joy is I know that when that kitchen upstairs is done and, and my new master bedroom that I'm... I have literally three bruises the size of... Um, from the size of grapes to a little avocado all over my shins. I walk into our king-size bed that's in a room too small for it every single time I walk into that room, I swear. And so I'm always black and blue. You know, I'm tired of that. So I can visualize being in that nice room that I can walk around the bed and my new bathroom, but especially my kitchen. I can visualize that and I, and I stick to that joy. But when you're in the steps to steps of getting to that end result, there can be a lot of stress, there's a lot of decisions to be made, there can be a lot of anxiety, and on occasion, especially if you start looking around, maybe other people in your life or other circumstances, you can have a lot of resentment. Now, resentment can come in all shapes and forms. Right now, for me, it's coming a little bit just because I'm going through this particular thing with my house. So my resentment tends to focus around a little bit around money and my health, my limitations. And I'm not going to lie, there's days when I'm very tired after a couple of days running flat that I, I get resentful. I start getting a little, excuse my term, a little bitchy because I can't do what I used to do physically. 
I have to hire the kids in the neighborhood. Now, granted, these kids are thrilled. They're 16, 17 years of age and, you know, they're slave labor and they're, they can go forever. But, you know, you give them instructions and you, there's usually something that goes wrong because you're quote unquote not doing it yourself. What do we do in moments like that? What do you do in moments like that? Are you aware of it? The biggest thing, and I know I talk about it over and over, is the awareness. Emotions are not a bad thing, including anger. Anger actually can be a very, very positive emotion. And it's a heck of a lot higher on the vibrational scale than a lot of other types of victim mentality. So sometimes don't be afraid to be angry. It's, it's a good step up, especially say, for instance, you're in a grieving situation or you've had a loss or you've had a tragedy. Usually by the time you start getting angry, you are starting to move forward to healing. It's just sort of one of those psychological things that psychologists talk about. And, and, it's, and it's very true. So don't ever be afraid of your emotions. But the bottom line is they're not always convenient. And there's sometimes they come at inopportune times and you would really rather just not feel this way right now. It's not a question of having the emotions. It's the question, how long are you going to let it run your life? And how long, can, how quickly can you work through them? That is probably the biggest difference between my life now and 20 years ago as a younger woman. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's how quickly I can work through an emotion, negative or positive. And sometimes even positive needs to be handled very similarly. Because otherwise, we can get into a situation of a roller coaster where we're living off really high highs and they call it manic. I get quite manic, some, manic sometimes. It's an expression that's used to describe bipolar people. I'm not bipolar. But the bottom line is I'm quite a hyper personality. I'm quite energetic. And then I crash, unfortunately. But I can get very lost in those highs where, you know, everything's great with the world. But you know what? You have to come down. So the, the, the trick is, in my life, I felt anyways, is learning to smooth those edges. To come down off the high calmly and collectively. And to deal with the lows, resentment being one of them, as our topic is today, to work through it. So it's not so much about having the negative emotion, it's about how quickly can you acknowledge it, process it, and move on. Okay? I'm gonna make a noise here because I'm moving something on my desk, I apologize. I'm gonna read from Melody's book today. <coughs> Excuse me. Go deeper into yourself. What do you feel underneath the resentment? Betrayed, hurt, ashamed, embarrassed, left out, forgotten, misunderstood? Know that you're safe now. Go ahead and feel whatever you need to feel. Honor and recognize your gentler, softer side, those other feelings that make you feel vulnerable, those more tender feelings hiding you're hiding behind, underneath or to the side of the resentment. Sorry, I said that wrong. Those more tender feelings hiding behind, underneath or to the side of the resentment. Because it's very rare for any of us to feel a singular emotion at any time. There's usually a little melting pot, stir pot going on. And it, it's just kind of how we are as humans. So the question is, what are you doing about that? And are you recognizing the peripheral? If you're lost in the moment and you're in the, in the bullseye of a negative emotion, is there other emotions going on around the edges that you can gravitate towards, that you can pull in, that you can walk towards to try and set back or set aside the negative stuff? But like we say, acknowledge and you need to work you need to still feel it being unemotional can be 
very detaching to the world around you. Okay. Now I'm highly emotional. I recognize that. And I recognize that about myself and the people closest in my life are clear on that. And I'm very open about it. So my very close, close people, they have the right to kind of call me on it on occasion. Shell, you're getting, you know, getting too attached to this. You're too emotional. I am. It is how I am. And there's no way that I'm going to ever turn that off. I just manage it better through maturity and through awareness. Okay. So feel and release your resentment. Feel the feelings underneath it too. You'll become clear. The resentment will dissolve and you'll return to love. So it's always about coming back, coming back to the positive end of things and into the light. Because resentment, like other types of emotions, I want you to try and picture them. They can be, they're like darkness. They're, and they're a little bitter. Almost if you could, if you could sit for a moment with a list of emotions written out, and just ponder the word, say it the word out loud, see if you could feel the emotion. You'll probably attach a color or a sensation to it. So I've always kind of, for me, those things are just, they're a little uncomfortable. They're not bright and shiny and, and, and such. They're part of who I am, but they're not my bright and shiny emotions. Okay. Um, I really think that's all I have to say on that subject today, guys. I'm sorry if I seem a little unprepared. I just... I just wanted to, you know, I always try and go to the book in the morning to see if on this particular day there's something that we could all learn from or take away from. But also I want it to relate to what's going on in my life because there's no better way for me to share or teach than to relate to something that's going on to the subject at hand. And in this particular week, like I say, there's just been a lot going on and I definitely had some moments of resentment around a few things this week that I had to work through. And I thought, well, you know what? I think we'll share that with the listeners. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.